Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with musician Joe Cardamone about his new album and series of short films, Quarantina. Los Angeles native artist Joe Cardamone has lived a few lifetimes while leaving a wiry dent in the global underground music and film scenes. The band that Joe fronted for 17 years, The Icarus Line, formed in East Los Angeles in 1998. Over the course of six albums, the punk agitators became an underground phenomenon and the most dangerous punk band of their generation, the cult band that never gave up. Cardamone's new album, Quarantina, was birthed from the necessity for distraction and expression. Life gets real hectic real fast, and when you're getting dragged down into the sea, you better learn to swim. Out of this chaos came some uncut gems, a batch of cool mini-songs about love and pain. Tracks done in one or two passes just to grab the moment, not think, and keep flying. Sounding so direct that you feel like you're in the room with him, an exercise in immediacy and minimalism, the album is sparing with its instrumentation, but not its intimacy. I spoke via Zoom with Cardamone about his new album and the accompanying short films for it. As you can hear in the background, all of his audio is recorded outside and you can hear chirping birds. It's lovely. Take a listen. Common sounds. Crickets screaming in the dome. Leave the perspective forced. Go back here. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to me today. I do appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. Uh, like, I am super excited to talk about this new album and also film series, I, I guess. This isn't your first go at pairing, like, music release with film, right? There was a Holy War a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of like the the first excuse to get out the cameras and start experimenting with Holy War, you know. 
Um, I guess, you know, uh, maybe that was like four years ago at this point or something like that. I don't know. It seems like a fucking lifetime ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, Holy War was like, we, I had done a lot of like music videos and things like that, you know, and always kind of experimented but that was the first sort of long form thing that me and travis and jacob all kind of uh coalesced and was like put an effort in to make something that wasn't just for like a song or whatever you know it wasn't just a dedicated music video now like when when you're conceiving of this like i'm assuming the the music comes first but like how closely in tandem do you work like the the visual aspect of the whole thing um well it was different for holy war than it was for quarantina holy war the music came together over a couple years really because it was a shift from being in a rock band or whatever that band was and like trying to figure out what what i was doing on my own so it took a couple years to actually even sort of uh whittle down a sound develop a sound that felt comfortable and felt like relevant to me and just was fun. Um, so by the time those songs were done, the narrative of Holy War was kind of developed way after the music was done and um, was definitely inspired by, but most of Holy War doesn't even actually have any of the songs from the album in it. There's like some interpretations of songs in it, but mostly there is mo- new original instrumental music for that film. For Quarantina, it's a completely different thing because the music was done really rapidly and with like little haste um, in a matter of a couple weeks, you know? And, oh, wow. You know, the films have been the same way. I mean, we it's all been on the fly, really, you know? Uh, the music was a reaction to just life events and then once that was done, I, I needed to keep going. It's like, what are you going to do? Just keep making albums, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the album's done in two weeks. Now what? So, I, you know, Travis and uh, Jacob kind of rallied around and were like, let's make some films for this thing. And then we decided every week we'll make a film. And it kind of turned into this narrative thing that almost directly ties into the music, even though some of the songs fight the visuals. But I think that's OK. Yeah, no, that was sort of the thing. Like, some of these are, um, the visuals so far are, like, really um, normal. Like, I, I guess, like, uh, I can't remember which one it is, but it, it it's you and your uh, uh, co-star, uh, Kari Calloway, just, um, like, trading off breakfast in bed. And it's just, it's like a real, it's, it's a, it's a very short piece, but it like contains like this whole narrative, uh, within it. But then there are some ones that are just super like flashing lights and you see things in the corner that are then suddenly gone. And so it, it really runs the gamut. Like, um, is this like Travis, uh, Keller and Jacob Mendel, is it like their ideas or is it your ideas or are you all just sort of like collaborating? Cause I mean, I know like you all have worked together for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we collaborate in various capacities, you know, I mean, Travis and I have been best friends 
for a long time. So, you know, uh, everything is fodder, you know, when you're friends like that, yeah. every, everything's, you know, everything's everything. Um, but for Quarantina, I kind of, I had the narrative. I already ha- I already know where it ends. So I had the narrative and small outlines for each song from the beginning of shooting pretty much from the beginning. You know, it sat down in one day, wrote it out and there it is. Um, there's a lot of collaboration in the actual production. Once we get to executing ideas, um, you know, Jacob is a, a talented DP. So if I, if I have some kind of cockamamie scheme, um, he somehow always figures out how to pull it off. And mind you, we're shooting all these in like an hour and a half, two hours. You know, we never have much time to do this because we're doing one a week. And then we have to go edit it and drop it on Sunday. So, you know, uh, a lot of his Jacob's talent lies within, um, you know, figuring out how to facilitate, you know, the shots that I'm handing him or the ideas or the narrative. And then Travis is like an overall producer. He he's he kind of has a um, he has like a big picture vision where it's like once I'm so close to something and I'm like trying to get a point across here. I lose perspective as like people do, you know, especially in something like this where you're going, going, going. And it seems like at the end of the night, he always has like one or two comments that will save the quicksand I'm drowning in trying to make this (laughs) work. You know what I mean? So that, you know, that's how I see it anyways. That's how I feel the, the roles have been on this project, but for everything it's different, you know, like we will do a spot for, uh, you know, I don't know, something more commercial. And, uh, you know, in those situations, maybe Travis will take the lead on direction or Jacob will push in a certain direction. And uh, for Quarantina, though, it's pretty much been my baby, although I'm always down to hear what anyone has to say because I trust those guys. Uh, how'd you come to work with uh, Kari from uh, Queen Kwong on this? Um, well, we've worked together for a long time in various capacities. You know, I've produced a couple of records for her. Um, we've, we've been through a lot. We've been friends for, you know, years on end at this point. And, um, you know, when we first started, there was a couple people in mind and we, for some reason, I, I don't know why I needed someone that. I had uh, a level of comfort with and some sort of chemistry with and you know it's like it's an uncomfortable sort of situation to kind of like develop these really personal stories you know um, and kind of uh, interpret them and sort of like run them into metaphor and uh, I don't know I just wanted to be around people who I was comfortable with and also I just had a feeling that she might be able to do this, even though she never thought of herself as an actress or anything like that. Um, we did a screen test. The first episode was really just a screen test. We all got together and we we're like, let's shoot something and see how it looks. Like turn the cameras to black and white. Let's do some stuff. I had a couple shots of mine and then, you know, we sat down and looked at it and we were like, oh shit, we just shot the first one and we put it out that week you know? So, um, that's pretty much how it happened. And then she's just, she's really been amazing the whole time. You know, um, her, her sort of embodiment of the character has just, 
I don't know. It's been cool. She's put a lot of her own life into it and a lot of her own sort of point of view into it. And uh, she's been amazing, man. I, You know, she's like a silent film star all of a sudden. I was going to ask, like, and you kind of alluded to it there, but like the whole idea of like this is um, I, I know that the album was born out of the end of a relationship. And so like writing and recording that music is one way of processing it, but then now you're going back and you're processing it like in another way visually. And I was just curious as to like how that affects you emotionally. Like I can't imagine it's an easy process, even if it might end up being a cathartic one in the end. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much nailing it right there, you know? Um, like, I, I, I figure I'm not the only person that has gone through this kind of stuff. Actually, I know, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of turmoil in people's lives and people close to me. So I'm also drawing from um, other, other people who are close to me that have like ended up in similar situations where like the flip of the script just happens, you know, overnight. So, um, I've been drawing upon a couple different scenarios to kind of, you know, bring this thing into focus, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Like while we're doing it, it's great. It's, it saves my life. You know what I mean? Because you're with friends and it's like being in a band again. It's, you know, we're, we're just jamming. We're making something happen out of thin air and it's positive and productive. Um, but sort of, uh, the expressive element of it all is uh, can be difficult because you're sort of mining your your you know um, psyche and you're cannibalizing your life to a certain extent, um, which you know yeah it it it's not it's not a walk in the park always you know but for some reason, like I've never really known how to do music another way or do art another way. Unfortunately, you know, I kind of envy those who can uh, yeah. just, you know, write about whatever, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I envy Ray Davies or whatever, you know, <laughs> you can just write about whatever, you know, and, and make it great, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm working on, on getting there. But like, for me, you know, I didn't even want to do this project. You know, it's not like, oh, I, I wasn't like out of the gate. I did it out of, uh, you know, survival mechanism more than anything. It was like, okay, this is, you know, I, when you have a bunch of questions and you don't have any answers, or at least when I have a bunch of questions, and I don't have any answers. Usually, uh, you know, artwork is kind of sheds some light on them after a while and maybe like, Maybe at the end I'll know more than I did at the beginning is what I what I always hope. That makes a, a lot of sense, honestly. Like it's just like in addition to like dealing with um, like anything that comes with the end of a relationship. I mean, like you're dealing with it during uh, a quarantine, which makes, you know, meeting new people difficult. But it also makes it difficult to like contact those people that you'd normally go to to like work your way through this shit yeah yeah exactly and just being um just feeling part of humanity at large you know because that can kind of uh that can kind of heal you even if you're not really uh 
you know, taking part in anything actively, just going to buy cigarettes at the store in a normal way and smiling at the person you see every day <laughs> and asking how their shit is and they ask you, you know what I mean? Those little things are the things that kind of keep us uh, sort of stitched into the fabric of society. And now that those have been, you know, those have been altered and kind of made a little more isolating, uh, it hasn't made anything easier, you know, it hasn't for anyone, you know, and uh, that that's part of the feeling that I wanted to sort of uh, embed in what we are doing is that that's why it pretty much all takes place in one house and there's no escape because, you know, um, I, I don't, you know, hopefully in the series there there's no blame going on, you know, no one's being blamed. Hopefully it doesn't come across as like, blaming or a hit job or anything like that because really it's the just the pressure of uh isolation together that i think has done a number on so many people you know and that's that's really what we've been trying to capture is that you know that that pressure has uh maybe bent people towards the the evil side of who they are more than the kind side or, or back and forth you know the, the whole thing with with the record and at least what i was trying to do and i don't know if it got there but i was trying to uh outline the vacillation you know of uh you know one minute you feel one way and the next minute you feel another way and this you know you can't really control the waves at a certain point because emotions take over and um you know that that was really like part of the goal was to like just not filter and let that come through and hopefully hopefully that makes sense to people you know where it's like yeah nothing makes fucking sense <laughs> you know yeah yeah no that's that's precisely what it is and you know i find it really weird uh, because y this album comes out on the first of june and then like less than like right at like a, a week and a half later there's this mark lanigan release that's coming out for record store day that like you worked on what like a decade ago no we met a decade ago or we we became friends like over a decade ago but the release that's coming out is actually something that we were working on as the pandemic hit mm. so you know we before before the pandemic in between holy war and and now um, I had recorded two albums, like full length records that I pretty much shelved when the pandemic hit just because they didn't seem to, you know, be relevant to what was happening. And it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't feel like this was not the time for that. Um, but at the same time, Mark and I have been working on a collaborative project, you know, like 20, 25 songs where I'm doing the music and he's doing the singing and I sing a little bit on it too. Um, and so that's what that project is. It's kind of like the first flare from, <laughs> from, from that, you know, it's kind of like the warning shot that here comes these two psychos. Well, like is it, like, given that you have all of this music releasing like the first two weeks of June, is it, is it exciting? Is it weird to not have like the traditional methods of being able to promote a release? No, I don't care. Um, honestly, like the way we're doing it now feels more natural to me than the way they used to do it. You know, um, releasing a song a week with like 
an accompanying film, that that makes way more sense to me than what's always happened. You drop some record, it goes into the meat grinder for like a couple of weeks and then it dies. And and like the way things are these days with um, technology, social media, all that bullshit, like uh, the life is even shorter. So to kind of cut things up into like an episodic, um, like slow burn, for me, it feels way more natural. Um, it, it gives every song its moment, even if it isn't like this massive thing, it gives every song its moment. And to me, I've always made records, you know, I make, I, you know, there's no like real singles on any of the stuff I do, or if there is, no one told me, but like, um, you know, that way the story of the record, the narrative of like the pieces or the piece at large, like it's kind of given the, the proper context. So to me, yeah, fuck the old way. Like this is totally, uh, this feels right. No, that, that makes total sense. Like I've talked to like friends of mine and things like that. And they're just like, yeah, at, at, at most, like we're recording EPs these days because it's like, it lets, you know, us as musicians like present like where we are now as opposed to like the snapshot of where we were six months or a year or you know sometimes it sits on a shelf for like a year and a half or two years and then you're working towards this one day and date maybe a couple days if you have a few release shows and then after that like it's just like okay now what next it's like but now it feels like you have this chance to like be more present in your art yeah immediate you know um and you're not that person anymore that's the thing that's always like kind of plagued me is that you know i'd make something and then by the time it comes out it's like i'm not that person anymore you know um you know i'm i'm not a different person but you know um sometimes it's hard to go back to certain places you know especially when you're coming from a personal place you know uh as a lot of my work has done, I don't, I don't really want to go back to some of those places, you know? So having to sort of, uh, get on the horse and ride it when the horse is already dead, it's just this like counterintuitive thing, you know? So releasing in the moment, I mean, you know, these songs were made in December or whatever in January, you know? So they still, they still have like a, they still have like context and like a currency in my life that like makes sense. I can still like, I can still feel them being alive. And while that makes it hard sometimes, at least it like, uh, brings a vitality to it and excitement to it. And that's why we're, you know, that's why it's, I think it's been an important thing for everyone, you know? Now this is actually coming out like as a, as a record record on uh, sonic ritual, which, um, I'm, like a very newish label like uh my friends in ultimate fake book put out a record on there last year which was pretty cool um which is how they came to my attention but like how how'd you come to work with them for this release um i've known todrick for years in and out like from knitting factory days he todrick the owner was he was uh one of the main dudes over at the knitting factory so i'm i'm me and travis have known him you know, through LA music for a long time. Um, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, he was, he was getting ready to put out the Skeleton Joe record, which was the one that we kind of like 
pushed off for a second because of the pandemic and just it didn't make sense. And um, I don't know. I wasn't even planning on putting any of this music out, to be honest. I, when, I, when I make shit, I'll like, I have like my little hit list of people that I'll text songs to because I work alone a lot. So, you know, in a vacuum, some kind of feedback helps, you know, just something to be like, you're not wasting your fucking life, dude. Um, so I'll send songs out or I'll send a, a list of songs out and I sent them to Todrick and I sent them to Travis and both of them, you know, were like, you should put this out. Like this should come out. And, uh, that was it. Like Todrick kind of like took the steering wheel really. He, he was like, let's do a vinyl, you know? And next thing you know, here we go. <laughs> well, uh, I'm really happy it's coming out. I've really enjoyed listening to it and I can't wait to see how like these short films all end up wrapping up. So I will yeah. be watching fervently every week to see how it turns out. And Joe, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. This has been a really yeah. interesting conversation. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks for uh, picking it up. You're welcome. Uh, have a good rest of your day, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Rock and roll girls Rock and roll girls Ain't got no soul Take you to the bottom And sleep alone Rock and roll girls Rock and roll girls Got no soul Drag you to the bottom And sleep alone Sleep alone Sleep Thanks to Joe Cardamone for speaking with me. You can find the musician's work on Twitter at underscore. You can find the musician's work on Twitter at underscore Joe underscore Cardamone underscore on Facebook at JC Superchrist. And his website is AmericanPrimitive.org. Quarantina is out June 1st. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at FromAnInspiredBy.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod and can be found on Instagram at FromAnInspiredBy. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the Aid and Assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking with composer Osei Esed about his work for the Netflix documentary Amend. Until then, thanks for listening. Oh